Hello, this is Alan Ambrose. I am so excited to be here today as your host for the SFC Europe podcast. We are so thankful to have Blair Bonin here with us today, sharing with us about university ministry, the reasons for why students, what does university ministry look like, and sharing a little bit about what the vision for the future of university ministry in Europe will be. Thanks so much for joining us. We're welcoming you to the next uh, SFC Europe podcast, and I'm really excited today to have Blair Bonin with us and uh, be talking with him about student ministry in Europe. And uh, Blair, just welcome you to the podcast, and thank you for coming and joining us. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here with you. Great. Um, we would love to hear a little bit about you and your life and your story, and um, what it is maybe that uh, you're passionate about and getting you uh, involved with the student ministry in Europe. So Sure. I'd be happy to share some of that. Um, my wife and I were greatly impacted by student ministry when we were um, university students ourselves. Okay. So that's always been something that's been close to our hearts. And um, I came out of university with uh, a missions degree, uh, a Bible and theology emphasis um, in missions, and my wife studied French. So when we first got married, we were um, sensing a call, as God put us together as a team, to a French-speaking mission field. Um, we had done some previous short-term mission uh, endeavors, um, a week long here, a couple weeks there. And one summer, we got the, the opportunity to um, serve a local church in Paris, France. And during that time, um, we really felt like we could have just stayed um, while we were having um, not a whole lot of success as far as um, evangelism goes, um, we were learning the culture and the language a little bit and getting our feet wet in mission. So once that short-term trip ended, we came back to the States and um, a few years later had the opportunity to come to southern French-speaking Belgium, the part of Belgium that's in the south called Wallonia that borders France. And we were invited to come and help plant a church in that zone. So we jumped at that opportunity and um, served in that capacity for about three years, uh, learning the language, learning the culture, and helping to plant that local church in a team. It was during that time that we uh, began to see um, somewhat of a dearth of student ministry in Belgium. And so the Lord put on our heart to come back as fully appointed missionaries with our particular mission, the Assemblies of God, and to um, co-pioneer the student ministry there with another uh, missionary couple. We did that in the year 2000 and worked in student ministry, co-planting, co-pioneering, for 10 years, establishing the Students for Christ Belgium ministry, and eventually, after a decade, um, passing that on to nationals who now lead the ministry. Um, the Lord was gracious to us. We saw fruit, and we were able to see the multiplication of two initial groups into um, 
local SFC groups on university campuses in the whole of southern Belgium. So we're real grateful for that and to see how God moved and used um, our efforts in that way. Since 2010, we've moved into a role of coordinating Students for Christ uh, relational network around Europe, uh, still basing out of Belgium, um, which is a good central location and a good hub from which to travel and um, interfacing with um, colleagues, missionary colleagues, um, national pastors and movements, uh, speaking at retreats and conferences and things like that, coordinating that network in um, currently 17 nations across Europe. So that brings us up to 2020, and we're really excited to see um, what the future holds and uh, really praying that in the next uh, few years, we'll see nationals coming into their own around Europe to even lead Students for Christ Europe. So that's kind of our story in a nutshell. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're originally from South Louisiana, and we uh, are the parents of six children, three girls and three boys in that order, and are not quite empty nesters yet, but we will get there one day (laughs) uh, and have just this year um, embarked on a journey of grandparenthood. Our first two grandbabies have arrived in January and May of this year in 2020. And so we're really excited about that. So that's kind of us on a personal level and Mm -hmm. on a ministry level. Could you go back and, uh, touch again on what you said, the impact that university ministry had on your life uh, when you and Dina uh, were at university? Sure. So um, while Dina and I were both Christians, believers and Jesus followers, while we were students at university, um, we didn't always grow up in a Christian home. Mm -hmm. And we saw um, the necessity of while we were in our college years, our university years, we saw the necessity of being a part of community and um, of being a part of being discipled as Jesus followers. And so um, in that community, we found um, some great friendships that have lasted a lifetime. We learned a lot about what it means to walk with Jesus and to be his witness on the university campus. Um, So those kinds of things really shaped how we see the university and and what we believe it is as a great mission field. Awesome. Great. Sounds like there's some some really impactful things that happened at that point in your lives. Well, we're so glad that we could have uh, you sharing with us uh, today as a coordinator for SFC Europe. And we wanted to talk about um, maybe some basics, but I don't think they're basic in that they're not important. They're basics in that they are essentials. So um, we want to talk today about like what is university ministry? What does it look like? What is it about? And uh, then also talk about why we do university ministry. What would we say university ministry is? What what does that look like? Right. So um, I would say... University ministry it involves the establishing of covenant communities of Christian faith okay. within student populations. Sometimes that might be particularly 
on a campus or in close proximity to a campus in the city in which it's found. Um, in addition to that, um, we see that when we talk about university ministry, we see that the faith of believing students is empowered. They're encouraged. Um, we see authentic biblical fellowship. Um, I think of the Greek word koinonia, where that biblical fellowship is nurtured um, specifically in small groups where a lot of discipleship often happens. Um, and then when we're talking about what is university ministry, I would say that we can't forget um, that the active presence of the Holy Spirit is cultivated in that environment mm -hmm. where we invite the Holy Spirit to come and do his good work, mm -hmm. often behind the scenes. And then we see fruit coming out of that as we partner with the Spirit of God. And then finally, I, I would say it's an opportunity to um, provide what I guess I would call pre-Christian students or students who are not yet Jesus followers, giving them an opportunity to discover what life with Jesus is all about. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? What, what are the claims of Jesus Christ um, on their lives? So members are equipped, uh, they're mobilized, they're sent out into their local uh, campuses to be living witnesses. Mm -hmm. Can you go back and maybe define what you mean by covenantal community on the campus? Sure. Yeah. So when we, when we say covenant communities, we're saying that we're building relationships amongst and with one another, um, whereby we commit to one another. Um, we commit in the Christian faith to be people who, um, for instance, um, prefer one another over our own desires, who people who okay. are engaged with one another, one another to help one another move and grow in their relationship with Christ. Okay, great. Thank you for that definition. Um, so these are the, the central things about what a university ministry is. Um, can you flesh out any more, like, what does that look like? Are there, are there, is it always look the same in every place? Great question. Great question. I think so there are some similar things that characterize university ministry. For instance, um, worship, um, whether it be a small group time, worship time, large group worship time, whether it be um, singing, music, um, poetry, um, other types of worship. Um, that's one thing that characterizes it. Another thing I think that we could say characterizes university ministry and covenant communities is fervent prayer, mm -hmm. where we are praying um, with each other, for each other, and where we are um, confiding in our Heavenly Father and acknowledging His, his rule and His reign over our lives. And then we also you know, talked about devoted fellowship mm -hmm. where yeah. um, we, we share meals, we share activities, we 
um, do fun things together mm-hmm. um, that that really uh, enhances those bonds of friendship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I guess I could also say that intentional discipleship would, would be something that we could say characterizes yeah. universal mm-hmm. ministry, where um, you, we, we realize that discipleship doesn't just happen on its own necessarily, but we have to think about it. We have to plan for it. We have to be intentional in, um, say, visiting one another or uh, offering prayer to one another or um, helping one another in practical ways. It's a way uh, of witness and mission too. Right. That's really good. Because I think sometimes we think that it's just going to happen or... um, I think that your definitions of them were really good because sometimes we think discipleship is this program, but you never said anything about a program there. You talked about being intentional in what we do, but not, we just have to follow this specific program, but let's be intentional about making sure discipleship does happen. That's really good. So true. So true. Because, you know, programs come and go and some programs are, are um, more apropos to certain cultures or certain campuses or certain cities. So those things or more flexible as the intentionality of it that really needs to be a focal point. That's really good. Great. Um, So we've kind of gotten a good idea about what it's about, but maybe the why is a good thing we can talk about next. What, why university ministry? Sure. Sure. That's a, that's another good question. You know, among uh, human institutions, the, the university has such tremendous influence Mm -hmm. on the direction, uh, the morality, and the overall fabric of our society as Mm -hmm. a whole. Um, You you know as well as I do, Alan, that universities are the the primary sources of cultural development. Mm -hmm. This is where the ideas ideas of tomorrow are born. Uh, This is where the future leaders of society are formed. And so um, in that environment, however, and unfortunately, um, because it hasn't always been the case, but uh, oftentimes it can be a hostile environment to the Christian faith. Um, Not necessarily in a physical hostility, but sometimes just in an undercurrent, uh, a philosophical hostility Mm -hmm. maybe to the Christian faith. So... um, So this unique setting where we find every creed, every race, every religion, and every culture is a prime place for us to um, engage in relationship with students, pointing them um, to just that, a relationship with Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's great. Tell me, tell me more about how, how this is making, maybe making a, a difference or, or what we could see as, as the results of why we do university ministry. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense yeah, for my questions? Yeah, so. yeah it's a good question. Um, it, it, it's almost like why, even why students, you yeah. know, um, it's such a strategic time in students' lives when they're at university. Um, you know, students are often asking 
Sometimes they're away from their families for the first time in their lives. Sometimes they're living on their own for the first time in their lives. And, and oftentimes they are asking, you know, who am I really? What, what do I really believe? Am I um, just going to say, follow what mom and dad have taught me or told me all my life? Um, they're asking the, what we would call the big questions of life. And so um, both for Christian students who are encountering maybe an environment that they haven't had to deal with uh, at, a, at this level before, either intellectually or philosophically or uh, in other ways, um, they, are, they are confronted with some things. And then you have students who are, who are not believers at all. Maybe they have a different faith or no faith at all. And it's at this period of life that I've found personally from, from experiences that I've had, uh, it's at this period of life that students are often more open to considering the claims of Christ on their lives than at maybe at any other season in their mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. So really it's, it's when we can, Consider the potential of such a high yield mission field. Uh, we can imagine that it would, it could impact media. It could impact medicine, industry, technology. It could impact governments and nations, even um, economics, financial enterprises all over the world. So it has the it has the potentiality of of being. Um, something that could really touch so many different spheres of society. Yep. Uh, would just me just ask some tough, hard questions. Hopefully they're not too tough. Um, <laughs> okay, I'll try. That's <laughs> right. Um, is it really worth our time, energy, and effort to focus on universities when, uh, our churches are suffering or maybe they need, they don't have the, the abilities to do it or they think it might be too much effort or, or why can't we just, just have those people come to church and do and serve in the church. Those who are Christians who are university students, isn't that enough? Is there a reason that we has to be or needs to be specifically for university students? Yeah. Wow. That, yeah, yeah. You've opened uh, up a whole box of questions. And <laughs> I did. That are, yeah, they are challenging questions, but um, let, let's see if we can tackle some of them. Um, is it worth it? Well, I would respond simply, um, does the Great Commission extend beyond the four walls of the church? Yeah. Yeah. If that is true, and if that is what we ascribe to as believers, then um, yes, the university, um, as well as the marketplace, as well as the schools, as well as the uh, community centers, as well as the uh, extracurricular sports clubs, are all places yeah. where we can um, we can have an impact, and we can see that as an opportunity, places that are opportunities to, um, to share what we would call the good news yeah. of Jesus. So yeah, is it worth it? Definitely. Is it difficult? Also, it can be very difficult. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it can be an uphill climb. Um, Austrians know about uphill climbs. <laughs> beautiful mountains in Austria. Um, but yeah, it could be it could be a, an uphill climb. It can also be an intimidating environment for um, maybe local churches. Um, they might see uh, universities as a bastion of, of uh, liberalism or um, a bastion of anti-Christian sentiment, um, some of which is certainly true. Um, but I think we should we should take the approach that um, with God, nothing is impossible, and that the Holy Spirit is as active on the university campuses as he is anywhere else in the world, and he invites us to join him in um, engaging people, engaging young people and students there. I don't know if I've answered all of the questions you've posed. No. There's another frame. The frame of maybe like, maybe why, why should I invest in having just a university group specifically as opposed to, oh, I just, those students should be a part of my, church or just coming to church is enough. Right. Okay, great. That's another thing that you had brought up that I'd forgotten about. Well, from that perspective, um, I think we, we need to be cognizant of the fact that there are many, many, many students who wouldn't darken the doors of a local church, yeah. whether it be Catholic, Protestant, or other, just because they're so... Um, disillusioned with Mm -hmm. institutionalized religion and they um, maybe have in a sense written off God or religion or faith. And so uh, what an awesome opportunity to engage them on um, either what might be called their turf, their ground or in an environment that they might consider more neutral than a local church. Now, that being said, um, as, as people who work in student ministry, we certainly endeavor to encourage all and any students that come to faith in Christ to um, get plugged in to a local life-giving church, a life-giving assembly or body of believers so that they can um, create relationships, not just with people their own age, but also have multi-generational relationships. And they can also see um, how a local church um, operates as a part of the body of Christ that is global. So um, it's not in any sense that we want to take them out of a local church, but I would also say to any pastors um, that might be a little bit hesitant about university ministry, thinking, oh, well, um, you know, if any students who are already Christians in our local churches go and do student ministry on or near the campus and then get involved with that, that means they'll be less 
at our church or our church meetings, I would encourage the pastors to think of it in this way, that being a student is a season of life. Um, Students are going to be at university for the most part for a shorter season of life, and then they will move on. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we could, um, as pastors and leaders, as spiritual leaders, kind of release them to do the work of evangelism amongst their peers and, and students on the campus during that season that they're there so that later on they can come you know, back and fully engage in responsibilities in the local church as pillars in the community. I, yeah. I think it's not an either or, but it's a both and approach. And it's yeah. a long-term approach yeah. that we should take. That's really good. That's a good uh, way of looking at it. I have uh, another way that I, I'm, I'm wanting you to maybe address for maybe there's some students who they've, they've been a part of maybe a, uh, a local university ministry and they've been asked to take on some leadership responsibilities or maybe even thinking about what do I do after university and is university ministry something I should be involved with? What should we, what can we say to them to, uh, to help them understand the, the way that God might be using them in university ministry? How can we? Yeah. Great question. Great questions. Um, I'll look at it as a, as a, two-pronged question, the first being while they're at university, and then the second being when they finish their university program. So while they're at university, I would certainly encourage students um, to get involved and to to accept a a sense of a calling Mm -hmm. by God. In other words, words, it might not mean that they will be called to university ministry for the rest of their lives, or they will be called to become a pastor or an evangelist or something like that, just because they get involved with a Christian ministry on campus. No, I think it means that we should always see ourselves individually as missionaries. A missionary is just a sent one. That's all that means. So if we're believers in Jesus Christ, then we are sent ones, like he sent his original 12 disciples um, out to evangelize the world. So wherever we find ourselves, we should be seeing ourselves as sent ones. So if mm-hmm. students are there on campus and there's a, there's a viable student ministry in which they can be a part, I would encourage them to take that on and see it as a part of their calling as a Christian during that season of their lives. Yes, they're there for studies, to get a a diploma, to um, advance their possibilities in life, whether it be as a, uh, in a career or in the marketplace or even beyond in further studies. But it's also an opportunity for them to be um, key players and um, to have a very formidable sphere of influence during their time at university. They might make some of the best friendships of their lives. They might be able to lead somebody 
um, to relationship with Christ. They might be able to help walk with somebody and help disciple that person, say in a weekly small group uh, activity or meeting time. Um, they might even meet their spouse at university, <laughs> as has been so often the case in things we've seen in Belgium. So yeah. personally, I think that would be uh, something that I would encourage students during their time at university. Mm -hmm. And, and what, then, yeah, yeah, when they're ahead. done, what about when they're done? What 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 does so, it look yeah. like? How do we how do we uh, involve ourselves, or how do we measure our involvement in university ministry after we're done sure. at university? So it's great great question because um, students once they are coming to graduation and obtaining a diploma, a, f a finishing of a program, they're looking on the horizon as to what might be next. One thing that we've always done when we were serving uh, as the, um, the leaders or the co-leaders of SFC in Belgium, we've always encouraged students to think about, pray about, um, giving some time beyond their initial degree program back to the student ministry. We took a, an angle in which we said, you know, we've been investing in you, in your spiritual growth, in your witness on campus, in, in your discipleship as an individual, as a Jesus follower. We've been investing in you for the last two, three, four, or five years, depending on how long you've been here in this degree program. And wouldn't it be great if you in turn gave back as a, as a way of saying thank you, as a way of um, committing to what we call a transgenerational ministry? Um, the, while you're going out of university, there are people who are 17, 18, 19 years old coming into university. And wouldn't it be great for you to reinvest or invest some time, effort, prayer, encouragement, fellowship with those that are just coming in? Um, so we've encouraged students to even think about um, giving a year and we've had a couple of students, a, hand, a good handful of students in SFC Belgium who have given a year back to the ministry before embarking on a journey into the marketplace. Uh, they've stayed at home with their, with their parents or they've worked part-time jobs um, in order to be able to um, kind of be on staff with the ministry. Um, so definitely that. Another thing that we have tried to inculcate in students during their time at university was that, um, yes, we're investing in you. So in the future, when you're gone from university, when you're in the marketplace, when you've obtained that, that, that job you've been shooting for, when you have embarked on that career that you had your sights set upon for so long, don't forget your humble beginnings. Don't forget that the ministry is still going on here on the campus. And a great way to give back, if you can't commit time after your degree program, 
program to say give a year or a semester back. If you can't do that, maybe an opportunity or a way in which you could give back is to invest um, concretely uh, financially. You're drawing a salary now. So, hey, why not give 20, 30, 50 euros a month to the ministry to help it develop and train more people and plant more groups? Because it takes finances also to um, make these things work and and, um, help the ministry thrive and grow. So that's another way I would encourage Mm -hmm. students and former students to give back. We've also um, encouraged them once they're gone uh, and moved on with their lives. Maybe they're married and and having families and they have uh, jobs now. We'll invite them back sometimes to come and speak in local groups, Mm -hmm. um, to come and speak at retreats or give workshops at retreats and conferences that we might organize. And that's always really special because the students that are they're currently can look at these people who have come back and they're say doing a workshop on uh, time management or they're doing a workshop on guy girl relationships or they're doing a workshop or uh, or speaking at an evening service or something like that mm-hmm. and the current students can look at these guys who have matriculated through this ministry and through their university programs and say hey Look at these people. They're, they're giving back to the ministry. They're investing in me. And if they can make it, if they can do it, then I certainly can do it too. And so it gives a sense of responsibility to the actual student. Mm-hmm. So those are some ways that I see um, as giving back to the student ministry. That's great. Um, if I could just ask like one maybe question not on topic that we talked about, but as your role as SFC coordinator where do you see things maybe maybe not necessarily like oh these are i want this to happen but i see these things happening in the future across europe maybe give us a a little picture of where you see things headed or um spots that we might be able to say hey this is an exciting thing going forward sure that's another um another great question um of course we can't um we can't um predict the future, but we can certainly dream about the future and and what we would love to see and what are some, uh, maybe some tendencies or some trends going forward that we we see on the horizon. Um, Just as a matter of a big dream, I would love to see Students for Christ present in every uh, nation of Europe. Um, there's at least there's, we currently have presence in 17 nations, but there's at least that many more that don't have presence. And oftentimes in those 17 nations where we do have presence, it might just be one group in one city, in one university, in the whole nation. So, um, that's one of the part of the big dream, um, that God would call both, Uh, more foreign missionaries, but also raise up um, national missionaries and that we would see that um, kind of grow exponentially in the future. Um, In addition to the big dream, some things that we've seen um, over the years is that 
um, viable, healthy, long-term ministries uh, are usually impactful when they um, have teams. When there are teams helping to plant and helping to uh, nurture and grow uh, the the ethos of a student ministry locally, um, it just it just makes it so much uh, easier and more doable when um, the the crux of everything doesn't fall on the shoulders of one or two people. So I think teams is something we really want to focus on in the future. Mm-hmm. Additionally, some um, of our colleagues have seen. Uh, a good bit of success in not only planting a student ministry uh, locally, but also sometimes simultaneously, sometimes later on, but also planting a local church in that city, um, which can be a great bridge from university into a local church if Um, The ethos is the same. Now this, again, I want to say this is not to take away from any local churches that are already present in the city. And and what we've always told students when we were um, leading student ministry in Belgium is we don't tell you where to go to church, but we encourage you to find a life-giving local church that uh, is a place where you can plant yourself and grow. But I think um, teams and hubs and planting of both student ministry and churches at the same time are some of the trends we see uh, for the future. And and hopefully we can get into that uh, more and kind of get on, ride that wave a little better with some some better insight, and uh, and so I, I'm very hopeful for the future. That's great. It's really exciting. Well, Blair, thanks so much for uh, sharing with us the what and the why and the future things that might be going on with university ministry in Europe. Um, I think maybe we could close this session with like maybe something a little bit different. Would you pray with us for? Um, for university ministry in Europe. I just have that like sure. in my head. Let's just, let's just pray for it together. Yeah. Awesome. yeah. Great idea. Great idea. I'll be happy to do that. Father, we thank you so very much for um, the way that you're working across Europe, across this great continent, Lord. And we want to ask that you would come by your spirit and that you would um, help us, Lord, that you would inspire that you would call workers, that you would um, call students to yourself through the efforts and the ministries of the various SFC um, network ministries. We ask, Lord, that you would um, help us to see what you're doing and to get in on that. And we pray for students all across Europe, Lord, who might be asking some of those big questions of life, who might be exploring uh, the existential questions um, in their their minds, um, and who might be even searching for faith and for truth, for life and for joy. And we ask that, God, you would orchestrate divine encounters, both for Alan and Michelle, where they are in, in Salzburg, as well as all of our other colleagues across the continent, Lord, that these divine encounters 
um, would come to us and that we would be sensitive to your spirit and we wouldn't miss them and that you would give us a sense of uh, perseverance and endurance and courage, Lord, going forward. And we pray for a true, deep, long-lasting revival among students yes, and student ministries all across this old yes, continent. That's these things in Christ's mighty, powerful name and for the sake of your kingdom in the world. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Blair. It's been great talking with you. Thank you for sharing with us and uh, look forward to seeing you sometime soon together in person and face-to-face. Thanks. Yes, indeed. Thank you for the opportunity. Greet your family. Thank you. I will do that. And you do yours. Thank you. This has been the SFC Europe podcast. Thanks for joining us today. We've had a wonderful conversation. We'd love to hear from you. Any thoughts, comments, or suggestions? Make sure to check out the SFC Europe webpage, www.sfceurope.org. Have a great day, and God bless you.